Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the I Need a Break podcast. I hope that you all are doing well and that if you're a student on campus, you're having a semi-decent preparation for finals week. But um, I want to just jump into today's episode. I'm still developing a title. It'll probably have a title by the time you're listening to this, but right now, I just, I I have a lot of emotions around this, and a lot of it is insecurity and anxiety, which is probably why I, I need to talk about it. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about past experiences, um, maybe hit a little bit on internalized misogyny, and, you know, developing a voice trusting your experiences and like validating them so as many of you may know I come from a small town and I've talked about my struggles with it and how it can feel like an invasion of privacy where your business becomes everyone else's business and it's, it's really, I'm, I'm trying not to swear. It's really hard. And yesterday I was talking about experiences that I had with girls in middle school and high school that drastically impacted who I am today. And, um, just, it, it, um... I think those experiences taught me a lot about reactions. Now, I know that it is a common theme to deal with mean people as you're growing up. And, I mean, trust me, I was not Miss Perfect either. And... I want to fully understand how I myself can heal and move on, even though, like, there were faults on my part with a lot of things that still impact me. And I'm being, I'm being very vague right now because of anxiety. And I guess if you were like me, um, I know that because of these experiences, like when you feel targeted and you try to speak up and say, hey... I'm hurt, you feel like almost voiceless. You feel like your your experiences, your pain is so invalid because there are faults on your part as well. And that's just like, I was talking about this the other day with my therapist, which is why I desperately wanted to make something about it a little more public to give me a little bit of relief because I've never like I I'm 22 years old and I still get anxiety around people and I mean obviously that's a like a universal thing but especially crafting these relationships because of so much trust issues and I'm a person I like I don't know how I developed this sort of persona or um like this this um mask of just bubbliness 
or even not even that just like I don't know what people see in me but I like to assume they say good things like <laughs> I think everybody does but especially like with me I felt so put on a pedestal like when I had these when I was dealing with like a bunch of mean girls in middle school um I it like catapulted this persona I think and I mean I I was a person there was a lot of chaos internally when I was young and I like almost trauma bonded with peers and friendships and like I'm literally learning the levels of relationships right now and you know, there's, like, acquaintances, there's companions, and there's friends, then there's intimates, like family, romantic partners, yada, yada, yada. But I, like, view everyone as a friend, no matter, like, how close or distant they are, they're my friend. I have to comfort them, I have to, like, be... I'm a narcissistic performer that has to be viewed as, you know phenomenal loved and adored but uh that's besides the case so after these experiences in middle school I sort of catapulted into my persona and my work and I would argue that I became like if you're from a small town you know the saying a big fish in a little pond like I <laughs> I'm pretty sure I annoyed the people that were mean to me by, like, being in the papers a lot, which I was. I, I, like, relied so heavily on this involvement and on a bunch of other extracurricular activities. There's still, today, this, like, strong sense of loneliness when I'm dealing with people because I'm so scared that, like, of exposure, of judgment, of not being able to vocalize my experiences and have them respected like and I, I always feel bad cutting people out of my life but um recently a lot of the girls from <laughs> I when I graduated with I had to delete a lot of them because of how they impacted me and like I know, I know a lot of girls go through this, but like with me, I just felt like I didn't have a voice. And I know that there's a lot of girls out there who are like me that deal with that too. And I talked last week about like the emotional underbellies that we have. And, you know, people didn't want to hear that emotional underbelly. So I, I think, created this like facade of just pleasantness. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I see a lot of myself in the most weirdest of people. And I mean that in a good way. Like, I was, um, <laughs> I was watching an interview with Madison Beer, and I, I don't know what it is about that girl. I love her. Maybe it's because of, like, the similar things that happened to her. Like, just the way that people ostracize her for no reason and don't even, like, actively seek to hear her out, it, it, it pisses me off. Like, and whenever I look at her, I, I, I see 
myself, like a strong degree of myself. Like I look at her and like she almost scares me. I'm like to the point where I'm like, I don't want to mess with her. And which in a good way, because I think that like (laughs) I'm that way too. I think like I've always struggled with this internal darkness and sadness and um my brother he recently just had an ex-girlfriend of his who she was another person like she struggled with the same things with girls like anything she said anything she did blown out of proportion and especially when you're in a small city or a small town like (laughs) it's so freaking weird because Parents, I swear to God, parents from small towns live their youth or re- want to relive their youth through their children. And so whatever's going on in their children's lives, they make it their own too. And it becomes the talk of the town, which is all the more traumatic for like young girls like me who, you know, like when, when it becomes everyone's business, it's so traumatizing because like as a young person you're still figuring it out. Like, you don't know anything. And I know for me, the biggest things that, like, happened to me, like, when the girls were the most mean, when things got blown out of proportion, were things that weren't true, you know? And when they weren't true, I feel like I was, in a sense, the reason they got so bad and why they, like, impacted me so much was because I was, like, sort of cutting my nose to spite my face. You know what I mean? My reaction caused more harm than, like, I desperately wish that I was the person I am today and I could just shrug off the girls' thoughts or comments and just be unfazed by it. It's like, if that's what you want to, if that's what you want to believe, if that's what you want to think, like, fine, go ahead. Don't, but don't pretend to be my friend or don't pretend, like, to talk about me behind my back or say mean things and then like the next day hold the door open for me like little stuff like that really gets under my skin for some freaking reason it's like if you're not my friend you're off the table and I've always been like kind of a intense not an intense person but like I have a very strong persona which again like I said I think it's it's like I'm healing that and I'm learning to develop that less sense of control about what people think, and, like, their judgment. But deep down, I'm very, like, that I don't want to mess with you person. Like, just the very distant, not, like, in a bad way, but just, like, I'm way more introverted than people actually think I am. And, um, like I said earlier, my brother had this ex-girlfriend who I felt so bad for her because she was kind of going through the same thing that I was going through only she's less so fixated on what people think and she doesn't she didn't like lean into that you know what I mean she didn't want to become the big fish in the little pond to sort of like numb the pain but uh like she came up to me and she was telling me about like all the things that was happening and she looked at me and she said Olivia does it get any better and I, I started crying because small town girls, I mean, young girls in general are still struggling to find themselves. I understand that. 
which is another thing that like I have a bone to pick with feminism. Like I I get with feminism, I get so tired of hearing that like it's the men who have to do the work, okay? That's the easy way. Like that's the easy get out of jail free card with feminism. In my perspective, I think where the most healing needs to be done is interpersonal relationships with girls. Like all these girls, people who weren't even involved in the conflict. Like it would be me and another girl having a disagreement and I would be directly texting her. But for some reason, all the other people around me had to get involved. And I did not understand that. And I mean, now I understand it because of my reaction. But at the time, I didn't understand it. And so if you've ever seen the movie Jennifer's Body, this displays perfectly what I think goes on with young women is like just this need for like approval and validation. And that that doesn't necessarily go away with women. I think it heals as we age. But like when you're a young girl, especially in a small town, you feel like there are so many eyes on you. And I can't tell you how many times I was labeled intimidating or the B word or oh, what was another one? Um, bossy. Yeah. See, like my my persona isn't just this bubbly, welcoming, friendly creature. It's my strength. And I, I just I don't understand. Like when we see a, a, a woman who we're initially shocked by why other women have to beat her down, like why we slut shame. And now with my brother's ex-girlfriend, she had very similar tendencies like I did. A little, a lot of darker thoughts and actions. And I desperately wanted to save her. And <laughs> I think my brother did too, <laughs> because like he knew how it was for like girls like me who I mean, I'm not going to play the victim because, like, I'm, I'm sure that there have been moments where I've, like, been the bad guy and I didn't even know it. Like, we don't know how our actions or words impact people. Like, and we're just, we're never aware of it and we never seem to be. And that never seems to change, especially, like, interpersonal relationships with other girls. Like, if, if you don't know anything about the situation or if you weren't involved... Or if I'm not, like, sharing something with you. Or even if I go out of my way to be vulnerable and share my experiences and frustrations with you. Like, those are valid. <laughs> and I don't understand why, like, other people have to disapprove of that. I, I truly don't. And, like, that led me down a very dark path that I, like, like I said, it causes me a lot of anxiety to even talk about today because I'm scared it's going to happen again with them. And then they wonder, like, why I'm distant. I'm always, I've always been distant because of that. It's, it's horrifying. And, like, maybe we shouldn't be threatened if there's a woman or a girl that we are egotistically triggered by. If there's a woman who, like, you have no data on, who you just want to find a reason to, like, attack, that's more so on you and you need to take a hard look in the mirror. And I am not going to backtrack on that. Like, a lot of the... Ugh, I just... Like, I get so 
frustrated with these constant common themes. And I, people drawing conclusions with zero data make no sense to me. And I am pointing fingers at them. To me, it's not even about jumping to conclusions. To me, it's about like why you want to cause that like for someone. Like that says so much about you. And I will never ever fully understand why and like I'm I'm calling all my girls out there why we do that. Why do we have like I'm like I said earlier, I think that a lot of the healing within feminism needs to happen with interpersonal relationships with women. Like you do not need to be the girl on top. You don't need to be the homecoming queen. You don't need to be the most approved pretty girl that we all think we need to be in high school. And I wish that, like, I wish I could be, like, a professor of that. <laughs> and just, like, like, I'm a girl's girl. Always have been. Always will be. But that is, like, something that I just, I, I don't understand like, I remember um, <clears throat> my junior year of high school, there was this guy in my class who sat in front of me. His name was Roberto. Hi, Roberto. I adore you. You're so funny. Um, <laughs> he sat in front of me in uh, English class that I had, and he said, and I quote to me, Olivia, I'm not going to lie. When you were in middle school, I thought you were a B word. And I'm like, really? Because I don't ever remember talking to you in middle school. So, like, why? How can you draw those conclusions with zero data? I told, uh, I didn't tell him at the time, but like, if I were still able to like have a conversation with him today, I would tell him that like that actually hurt me. I didn't need to hear that. I would have just assumed that like we hadn't talked and you knew, I didn't know anything about you. So, how can you know anything about me? Um, <laughs> this podcast is going to be long today. And like I said earlier, there are moments where you do have to take a look in the mirror and realize you were wrong. But, uh, like I, and I also said, a lot of the moments that blew out of proportion and, like, impacted me and that I'm still, like, on my journey with healing today really weren't the ones where... I'm going to argue I wasn't in the wrong. And if I was a degree in the wrong, I did take responsibility for it. But, like, there were moments, I'm not going to, like, like I said, I'm not going to lie and say that I was, like, <laughs> the good girl Taylor Swift, like, person. Like, I, I remember, I think it was my sixth grade year, this boy had a big crush on me. And he slipped a love letter to me at lunch one day. And, like, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, like, usually always get love letters from the guys who like me. <laughs> it's such a common theme. But, uh, and so, naturally, what does a mean middle school girl do? She shows it to all of her friends at lunch. And, like, we all laughed. And I remember, uh... Our PE teacher, he was, like, on lunch duty walking around. He, like, <laughs> overheard me, and he came up, sat down by me, and said, at least he had the balls to do it. 
and then just walked away and let me sit in my shame. And that was sort of like a, <laughs> a pinnacle moment of acknowledging my fault. And I felt like I still, to a degree, feel like garbage for that kind of behavior because, I mean, that wasn't the first and only time I did it, but that's just an example that I have right now. And, like, that, those are the moments that I feel I should have gotten that, like, backlash, freaking out, cancel culture-y baloney. Uh, but anyway, I'm already at, like, 30 minutes of recording. I hope that this podcast semi-made sense today. Uh, it's, it's finals week. My brain fog is, like, on level 10 right now. But, as always... I love hearing from you, and if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on all my social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My handles on Twitter and Instagram are at the Live Williams. And I, I, if you're a girl listening to this, I hope that you took something from it today. And I feel an immense amount of relief being able to share this story, even though it was a little vague. <laughs> I, I, um. I, I'm healing, and it feels good because I don't usually talk about it publicly because I'm scared. <laughs> but um, anyway, I hope everyone, if you're at the school, you have a good finals week, and tune in next week. <laughs>